Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, no. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in Sherpa. Yay. <laughs> A real word. Uh-huh. I had to Google what that was. Oh. Do you have a Sherpa? No. Because that's a jacket, right? <laughs> I didn't just ask you something super weird. <laughs> um It's a kind of jacket pullover thing. That's what came up when I Googled it. Um That's to my knowledge, that's not always oh, what no. I thought. Isn't a Sherpa like a fleecy type of pullover we're from the desert i think it's like a guide what when i googled it all these jackets Um, a member (laughs) (laughs) i think it's like a it also is a style oh okay a member of himalayan people living on the borders of nepal and tibet renowned for their skills in mountaineering and they wear jackets (laughs) I think of them typically too as like carrying a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. Like, and Sherpas have lots of zippers and pockets and stuff. Mm-hmm. The jacket. I'm sure the jacket was inspired Named after. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you guys know what a Sherpa is. Or maybe I was you like, all have knew. I been wrong all this time? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even right. So <laughs> we're putting the she in Sherpa because it's like winter or something. I don't know. Hey, my name is Summer. Isn't that a double? it's a she and a her it's a she and a her now i don't have to do one next week is that how it goes okay today we're putting the she in sherpa next week week, we'll put the her her. in herpa and the (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to change the word it's there are you sure (laughs) are you sherpa like i've had (laughs) <laughs> You've been forced to get so creative. I can't even use real words they're like, anymore. They're right in front of you, and you're like, I don't know, though. <laughs> wow. Hi, my name is Summer, and I'm here mm. with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, um, I just want you to know that you are like <laughs> you are like my Sherpa through this crazy thing we do called podcasting yep (laughs) you're like my himalayan guide (laughs) through the treachery of podcasting i don't even know what to say because you are joy i feel like you just came up with that i did but i'm taking it as a really nice compliment it's just true though (laughs) i wish you guys could see the face it's a face I've definitely seen Clementine make before. Um, anyway, you're right. I am Joy. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And hopefully this... Um, I don't know how to say this in compliment format. Oh, okay. But I would really love it if we went on vacation together. Yes. Sometime. That, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. I think that'd be fun. I think we should do it. Like, let's Kay. just plan it. All right. And start saving Even if now. it's like in advance. It, yeah. It's going to be a year from now <laughs> at the earliest. Right. Because the only month we take off is October. October. So. Right. So. That just gives you time. Right. It gives me something to look forward to. We mm-hmm. do a hunter family glamping trip. Yeah. The girls told me the other day, my eight year old and my five year old, they were like, mom, can we go glamping? <laughs> glamour camping uh-huh. yeah yeah and i was like sure yeah did i put this idea in your head i don't know where you got this but they, okay. did they like see it on a show or i don't something? know it's I'm... hard to know where kids get their information and <laughs> maybe sometimes I said they'll it. just say something to you and you're like how do you know about what are that? you talking about yeah i don't know whatever we'll have to start maybe listen to sheologians and we talked about it or something sometimes sometimes cadence does listen to sheologians but she'll just like listen to like five minutes of one then click on another one and be like can i listen to this one <laughs> and yeah so anyway we're getting there you said you had a question for me what oh was yeah it? 
this is an honest question, but okay. there's also some frustration behind it. Oh. Um, how on earth am I supposed to pick which online mattress company to buy a mattress from? Oh my goodness. I know. I know. And there's endless problems, really. There's endless problems. They all have a section on their website that's like, how are we different from all the other mattresses? Right. And they're all the same. And they're all the same. Some of them, except for like, some of them have like copper infused into them. Why? And because it cools you down and it, I don't know, does something for your body. I feel like 10 years from now, you'll find out like copper was bad for you. Something's always bad for you. Yeah. Um, I... I, I don't know and I think this is just the infernal problem of like I want a really soft mattress my husband wants like a rock hard mattress and then you've just like got all these companies throwing things at you mm-hmm. they do give you like a most of them will give you like a hundred night guarantee right but it's like do I really want to pack up a mattress and send it back one and then person, not have one right we need one person to try them all okay we so will how do you even one mattress to rule them all but then what if they have bad taste in mattresses like i don't know i don't know it's what if they have bad taste in mattresses <laughs> some people do <laughs> like who wants a mattress with springs in it get out I don't, yeah that's a thing kind of a thing of the past it's now it's way a thing of the past get out of here no one wants that i just like i don't know how to i don't know how to pick there's so many there's so many and if you google one <laughs> six months ago Uh you will get every ad yes and you'll be like oh this one's cool yeah but it's all just like marketing and colors and yeah i'm just glad that they i'm just glad that like the mattress world finally discovered that selling online is the way to go yeah because there's a really interesting mattress episode of household name (laughs) you're really into that podcast right now interesting yeah what kind of mattress is it about sealy well it's a conspiracy it's the conspiracy theory surrounding mattress firm what which is that it's a laundering front. oh yeah i have to listen to that mm-hmm. for sure super interesting okay got it mm-hmm. great but anyway yeah i just have a yeah i have a at problem. some point i'm soon i'm getting a bigger bed right and um i personally now have a tufted needle but i only got picked that one because i was like oh it's the original and it appears to be a mattress it is a mattress that you can buy on the internet that's not overpriced but they're seriously i know i think i can probably think of 10 off the top of my head and how am i supposed to pick well i can only think of like two i only know of tuft and needle and ghost i know purple mattress oh lull nectar nectar i am not sleeping on Um, that that's weird yeah it's made of nectar (laughs) it's made out of the nectar of honeybees yeah they make nectar i don't know where's your husband to tell me these things i don't know the other day i watched joy's husband walk over to the fridge pull out a bag of like the top of a cactus and just like start eating it when was that wait what was that what was eating it was the top of a cactus and it was in your fridge was it a prickly pear fruit i don't know it was a cactus <laughs> and he was just like hey and he's just like eating this cactus top it must have been prickly pear fruit i don't remember but it was like what is happening it's prickly pear fruit is actually really good we made he juice is, from it too like of course you did didn't you <laughs> it's also like a beautiful like, harvest color. something from a driveway and make tea he is next yeah, we level did. He's next, you guys are just <laughs> Next well, so level. interestingly enough, like certain plants, um, they <laughs> like the well, and plants grow better, like they seed better in disturbed soil. So they're gonna be. Disturbing. I just like, imagine soil. With, you know, like, like when you plant something in a garden, like fake Google eyes, <laughs> like with its mouth wide open, disturbed, disturbed. soil. <laughs> well, like so when you plant something in a garden bed uh-huh. you have to like poke a little hole for the seed and then bury it you know Sh- sure so but like if soil is hard like the seed's just gonna blow away or whatever nothing can really happen because it's not like in the ground you know no so if it's disturbed <laughs> from people driving over it with their car or oh, walking over it uh-huh. or um mowing their lawn or, or seeding their grass or whatever <laughs> certain like certain plants are they like to grow in places that are like disturbed so they grow in your driveway because your car drives over it every day but um anyway <laughs> but most plants that's like most keep going don't like and actually he'd probably disturbed. be really proud if i kept going yeah because 
he taught you all well it's the start of like invasive species so like a lot of plants that you see like they're not actually from here but they're aliens they like they do better here Mm. because they're from somewhere that's like they're more seasonal but here it's nice so they don't have to deal with weather and stuff so they can flourish while our actual native species can't quite as much i don't even understand anything (laughs) anyway Uh, I think it's Matthew. I think it's fairly interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean more than fairly of, interesting. I think it's really interesting. A lot of people are into that, and that's probably why <laughs> I was able to marry him and not yes. hear him talk about plants and be like, "Ooh, gosh, he's so smart about it." It's just yeah. like, but he did. He just he ate the top of a cactus and didn't even he didn't even acknowledge it. He just was like, he sat down with his bag of cacti and was like, "What's up?" And I was like, "What <laughs> are you doing?" anyway anyway yeah we'll make tea yeah i really want to try i really want to try anyway some of it's kind of bitter but a lot of it's good (laughs) a lot of it just tastes like tea (laughs) in all honesty Uh, in all honest tea tea. (laughs) (laughs) sorry had to do you think we could branch out into different puns one day like branch out (laughs) Because we're talking about plants. <laughs> okay. Um, never mind. We should really have this conversation off the air. Sorry, guys. Okay. You know, really shake up our format with some mm, disturb it. <laughs> puns. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Um, hi. So actually the topic at hand, right. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about this one and Joy was like, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that, and I, we really do think that this topic is going to need to be more fleshed out and talked about and better understood because I think this is going to be kind of the next thing um, that might be divisive and really shakes things up in the evangelical world. Um, And I think that because we had the Revoice Conference happen earlier this year and there was a lot of talk about singleness and celibacy and spiritual friendship and then we had all that drama with the... uh, men prefer debt-free virgins without tattoos oh yeah yeah and i just think a lot of the responses that i've seen for um to those conversations have been really uh have showed they've shown our hand uh in a lot of ways um i was really when the whole debt-free virgin without tattoos thing happened a lot of the backlash was surrounding I like what I heard a lot of I think well-meaning Christians um, who were misled say things like hey there's nothing wrong with being single um, as if that was kind of what was being said or if that, as if that was yeah. the problem um, and kind of there's a lot of encouragement around now around being single there's this focus on I mean some people won't even join churches if there isn't a quote singles ministry mm-hmm. um, and things like that and so I just think this is really going to need to be an area that we are ready to speak into <clears throat> um, and I think we need to be ready to say that marriage is normative Mm -hmm. and i think we need to be ready to say that and we need to be um biblically prepared to say that and we need to be able to say it unapologetically yeah and i think that um right now because the church in america is so influenced by the culture i'm afraid that there's a lot of people in the church that aren't even willing to say that like saying hey marriage is normative would be something that you would want to place a lot of qualifiers on that right. you'd be afraid to say because you don't you don't want to hurt the feelings of the single person who does want to get married but feel but for whatever reason hasn't right um, and that is where I think we get that little thread where I think it, it's appropriate 
you're picking up on this thing. It's mm-hmm. appropriate for you to say that this is going to be our next thing that we have to address as a church. Mm-hmm. And it's because you single people are almost amping up, not in, not intentionally. I'm not, I'm not, look, it's not my job to tell me to, to tell you if I'm talking to you or not. <laughs> right. That's I don't right. know you. <laughs> chances <right>. are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'm sorry if this hits you in a weird way. But I don't know if I'm talking to you or not. I'm just saying this. Mm-hmm. Single people have the potential to be the next victim mm-hmm. of our society. That's right. Which is that especially specifically Christian single people, they want to be married, but for whatever reason, aren't. Mm-hmm. And there is hardship that comes with being single and not wanting to be single. Right. Got it. Right. Can totally speak to that. Right. Also, there is this propensity to take that as, like I said, there's a victim mentality there. Right. Like something, society has kept me from getting married. People right. aren't getting married until they're later now. Right. Um, and until they're later? I knew what you older? meant. I knew later. what you meant. <laughs> until they're later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not old, I'm later. <laughs> Don't That's call it. Me old. That's it. We're later. Um, <laughs> and so I think that that's why you, like, I, I do agree that that's, mm-hmm. it's a thing I see. It's a thing I've seen that mm-hmm. I have done. Mm-hmm. I have been a brat over being single and not wanting to be. Okay. And we didn't wait to do this episode until both of us were married because <laughs> <Right>. honestly, <laughs> at the beginning of this year, yeah, I did not think I was ever getting married. Right. And right. And it was kind of in a bratty way. Okay. I felt as though it was something that was owed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there were, there were moments when I was not sinful in my desire to get married, plenty of them. And I'm sure they, I'm sure those were more than the bratty moments. But <laughs> what you're saying is you've experienced it. You've yes. done it. You know. Yes. I have experienced this thing where I am angry and I am upset or was angry and upset about being um, single. I felt there were times when I ha- was able to convince myself that I was not as valued a member of the church and that I was not as valued of a person. Um, so can can we let's pause there real quick because I do... I do hear and see that one a lot. There seems to be this need by married people to to want to, I think rightfully, we want to encourage singles. And I think a lot of times we want single people to know like, hey, you aren't less than. My question is, is the church really telling singles that they're less than? Is that the biggest problem? Um, generally, I don't think I can't speak to every situation, but generally, right. I would say no. Okay. In my posi- in my position, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. that wasn't happening. Right. That was my own insecurity, right. and that was a result of a lie that I told myself. Right. And and here's what I discovered when I met Matthew, who is now my husband. Right. Um, despite having a very good head on my shoulders, despite yeah. being unsuperficial, despite wanting to get married there were things I were, I was looking for that were the wrong thing. Sure. (laughs) And, um, there were people, um, I, I was, I was creating the candidacy for marriage in my mind Mm -hmm. may have not been, uh, what it should have been. Right. And it may have been too focused on, um, it may have been more of a, who am I looking for mm-hmm. in this marriage mm-hmm. as opposed to who, what is, what kind of sanctification is this going to mean for me? Mm-hmm. How is this person going to compliment me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I can legitimately say mm-hmm. there is a reason why I, there are many reasons why mm-hmm. some of them are my fault. Mm-hmm. Some of them are not <laughs> right. But there are reasons why I was not married until I was 29. And you know, the great thing is, is we believe in the sovereignty of God. So, right. So I didn't thwart God with my sin in being bratty about being single. And, and I spent a lot of my young life not wanting to get married at all. Mm -hmm. And it was because I didn't want to be disappointed. 
yeah by not getting married right so i convinced myself i didn't want it so i wouldn't be let down when i didn't get it right um and that right that affects your life yeah yeah Um, it does and i think that like i said i don't know if i'm talking to you or not right whoever's listening i don't know if i'm talking to you or not right all i'm saying is that i spent a lot of time single and i don't just mean like not married right i mean like i spent a lot of time not being in relationships right and um and i like i get it i get the i get the desire i get it i do mm-hmm. um again don't know if i'm talking to you or not <laughs> but right. if i am talking to you you'll be like okay okay <laughs> um the thing is though uh, and I don't, I don't, there's no, I'm not here. I'm not, I don't want to play the whole like societal indictment thing. I'm not going to blame the church for not equipping me and what I should be looking for mm-hmm. in a husband. I, what I, I'm, what, I'm just going to say what I said a second ago, which is that there were times when I was faithful in being single. And there was times when I was like super, super unfaithful in being single mm-hmm. and my sin Mm-hmm. may have kept me from getting married when I wanted to mm-hmm. but I it God's plan wasn't thwarted in my life and I certainly wasn't less of a person before I got married and I certainly wasn't actually being told that right before I was married right I think I think sometimes we are we can't blame the church for our own insecurities right. so I think it's really unfair when a lot of times it's like well, being single is terrible because this is how everyone else is making me feel. Right. And it's like, well, is everyone else really making you feel that? Or is this your own insecurity right. that you... And I think you need to figure that out. Yeah. I'm not saying it's Have never happened. Have you allowed happened. that lie to take root? Right. And like really, really right. get in there. Right. And, I, and we're not saying it's never happened. We're not saying every church ever has always... Has never mistreated someone who was single. But the thing is, is like a lot of times you allow your perception, your feelings to be uh, projected onto like, well, well, everyone else must feel this way about me. Yeah. Everyone else thinks this about Mm -hmm. me. It's like, well, how do you know? Did they tell you that? Yeah. Like, do they tell you that with their words and their actions? Or Mm -hmm. is this something that you're you're carrying around? Because I can understand that if you desire to be married and you're not that can be painful. Oh yeah. But the first thing you need to do is check your own heart in that. Right. Because we know, but since we know that God is sovereign, as long as you are single, that's what God has planned for you. Right. And heads up, marriage is difficult. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean we should, um, delay it, but that does mean that, um, a lot of times I think we think wrongly about marriage. We have a very, modern view about marriage where it's like well if i get married then i'll be happy Mm -hmm. and it's like well marriage if you're if that's what you think that if you got married you would suddenly be happy and and better and whatever well that just means at some point you'll think if i was single i'd be happy right exactly because the grass (laughs) is always greener because you're not um accepting where you're at that god has you in this for a reason what does god want in this he wants your holiness that's what he wants and whatever season he has you in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just think we need to be careful not to blame the church for our own insecurities and then make a platform out of it. Like, well, Hey, I'm unhappy in my singleness. I need a community of other singles. And if the church isn't going to give me that, then they aren't loving me the way I need to be loved Mm -hmm. is not a biblical approach to church. Well, and those feelings should certainly, I would encourage anyone feeling that way to talk just talk to someone about it yeah yes that was the biggest mistake i ever ever made because i have a i have a community of people around me my church is awesome i'm blessed like beyond anything i could amen yes say yes (laughs) and i can't even think about the grief and i'm not saying i don't say don't talk to someone about it because then you'll be sanctified and god will let you get married earlier that's not what this is that's not what that is <laughs> right i mean relieve yourself of that burden well we're supposed to confess and our confront sins. the lie that you're telling yourself yes what i something that i do want to talk about is like okay so we all know how like paul's recommendation mm-hmm. for singleness yes um, you will hear that a million times as a reformed <laughs> Christian. Um, 
But I do want to talk really quickly about what, for I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, the gift of singleness. Someone who mm-hmm. is to be single for their whole life. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> right. Are, so are all these people who aren't married... Because there were times there, I think, and I I do think I want to address it because I do think that's a common thought in the single person's mind. What they don't, they they don't think of it as a gift. They think that the gift of singleness, they think of it as a punishment. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not single, you think you do, you will always think in the back of your mind, like maybe I will always be single. Mm -hmm. How am I? Like what is my response to that? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about that? Right. Um. But that's I, I think that it's important for us to not only talk about what that would entail, but mm-hmm. also, like you said, that's not normative. Right. That's not it's not the normal right. projection for most people. Right. Well, I think and there's I think there's two streams of thought we can address both. One is that um some people would say, you know, the gift of singleness is that well, marriage and singleness are both gifts from God, mm-hmm. um, which is good and true. And and so basically while you're single, that's a gift to you because you can focus on ministry in the church and you don't have these you don't have the roles and responsibilities of marriage coming before ministry work that you can do. Right. And then some would say that the gift of singleness is only for those who have essentially the gift of celibacy mm-hmm. for those who are going to be single for the rest of their life. So basically, some would say if you have the desire to marry, then you probably don't have the gift of singleness. Right. Um, or sometimes people say the gift of celibacy. Mm-hmm. So it just de- it just depends. Um, I haven't really landed firmly on which camp I think I belong more in Uh Um, but I do think that it's important to understand that um, number one I think both camps have something right in that wherever God has you right now is a blessing because we know that God is working all things together for your good if you are a believer so whether or not it feels like a gift Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, wherever God has you is where he has you for a reason Um, but at the same time I also do think that um the men in the church and women in the church but mostly the men are particularly guilty for um unduly delaying marriage at this point yeah like i really would say that um a lot of us have been so influenced by the world's view of marriage and what it's for it's mm-hmm. for our personal fulfillment it's for our sexual fulfillment it's for our romantic fulfillment that instead of looking to scripture for what is what are we supposed to look for in a spouse right we are waiting for this kind of fairy tale romance thing which there's not necessarily something totally wrong with except that if it's not grounded in reality um if it's not grounded in what god says um you know if you're looking at someone and we can all wait our whole lives for our hogwarts letter yeah (laughs) that's right you can wait an eternity (laughs) that's right you will die waiting for your hogwarts letter that's right um (laughs) and if you look in scripture the amount of like what does scripture say we we should look for in a spouse um someone who is the opposite gender Uh of us number one yes who is faithful and loves the Lord. Number two. <laughs> That's all I can find. <laughs> um, we have the command not to be unequally yoked, um, which I would argue means that you yep. are a believer. You need to marry a believer. Um, and there's some things I think would be very helpful in that. I think you should find a believer who is in good, a good standing, faithful member of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should find hope to find someone who is you are in theological alignment with most of the way Mm -hmm. but i don't think that you can even say that that is um has to be right um there are things my husband and i theologically disagree on we agree on the most important things right um but if you look to scripture those are really right the qualifications of a spouse and i think what we have now are all of these other expectations put on 
um, what it should look like to to get married and what what people are looking for. Basically, the question you should ask yourself are the standards I'm holding this person to the same standards God would hold them to are the things right. I'm looking for in a spouse, the things that God wants me to look for in a spouse. Yeah. Um, because if your priorities, if the top of your list is like personal fulfillment, sexual pleasure, like you are, you are not the spouse anyone's going to want to marry. Right. <laughs> Honestly, you're going to yeah. be a miserable person to marry um, because when the rubber meets the road <laughs> in marriage, um, those things fall away. Yeah. Um, what you really want is someone who loves the Lord and is obedient and mm. is faithful and is going to love you when you are not being a pleasant person because right. surprise, you're not always a pleasant person to be around. Yeah. But is this person going to be faithful in those times? Mm -hmm. That's what's really really important um and i just think we are so we are so selfish and we have such a small view and i think that there are a lot of women that desire to get married that are just kind of waiting for the men to man up yeah and kind of um i think in some ways need to be in some ways please hear me need to be less picky and ready to just stand up and be a man and get married right that is normative if you I mean, this is sort of a blunt way of putting it, but if you are in a relationship with someone um, and they're a believer and you want to have sex with them, then you should go talk to your pastors. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm not saying go out there and just marry whoever. That right. never would have worked for me. That right. would have annoyed the heck out of me. <laughs> right. It did annoy the heck out of me. Um, the thing is, though, is like, I think for women, I think so. I think men, if 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 the males in church, if their problem is that they're being too picky in the wrong ways, um, women have a have a similar problem. But you you do see um, so like the act of courting, dating, marrying really is an honor to the female. You know what I mean? Like it brings honor to her. The man pursues her. Like she really is the highlight of the whole situation. So I think maybe what we find is, is a bunch of women thinking too much of themselves, mm -hmm. waiting for a man of that caliber mm -hmm. that deserves her mm -hmm. to come around. Mm -hmm. um, but we're, we're imperfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and we are also we also tend to be mm -hmm. less perfect than we even think we are. Oh yes. Um. Oh, and marriage will show you. Marriage will show you all the ways in which you are less perfect than so, you thought you were. The point is, is that like when I first met Matthew, <clears throat> who I'm now married to. Oh, I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't think that he was right for me. Mm -hmm. because of whatever various things right and I was wrong you were I know um, because ultimately he is good in the areas that I'm not so great in that's right and honestly some of that just has to do with the fact that he's a male and I'm a female that's right like it doesn't even it's not even so complicated that it's our personalities our right. individualism like Mm -hmm. It's really just that like a lot of our, the, what complements us to one another is the fact that he has this stereotypical male Masculine thing perspective. and I have this stereotypical female thing, Yeah, you know? And so it's really not, I don't, we decided not to give qualifications. So again, I don't know if I'm talking to you or not. We're just talking about this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> ultimately compatibilism um and sexual gratification or pragmatism mm -hmm. sharing the bills having someone to mm -hmm. help you take care of things like mm -hmm. those aren't those are all just mm -hmm. extra wonderful things mm -hmm. about being married yeah um that are not being i do want to say those things are not being intentionally like withheld mm -hmm. god god sovereign yes but they're not being withheld from the single person mm -hmm. the single person can marry and be privy 
to mm-hmm. the sexual benefits of a marriage, to the mm-hmm. sanctification of a marriage. It's none of it's being withheld. And I think that's the thing is that when you're in your season of singleness, mm-hmm. you feel like something is being kept back from you mm-hmm. when really we're pure from obedience mm-hmm. and faithfulness to God. Mm-hmm. He said, don't, don't do that unless you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that, I think there is a perspective mm-hmm. that is off. It is that we are all owed a marriage when we want it. Right. Um, but at the same time, we're sh- like s- sin is causing that thought, and then sin is causing the delay of marriage. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. like in a in a we- it's sort of just like a, a circle that yeah. kind of keeps feeding right itself. Right, and I think too that when we look at creation, you know, man, God said that it was not good for a man to be alone, and so marriage is the normative calling for all human beings um sin gets in the way of that either Mm -hmm. your sin or someone else's sin yep um and then we know that there are those we because we're explicitly told right that there are those who will never marry and that that was god's good plan for them but i would Mm -hmm. say they they are the exception not the rule right um and so how do you know? How, do, how can you tell if you're the one who's been called to singleness or not? I can't give you that answer because it's all going to depend on uh, so many factors and I don't know you. Right. But what I can tell you is that marriage is normative. And if you have the desire to marry, you should pursue marriage, that you should strive for contentment while you wait. Right. I don't want to make it sound like I don't think that it's painful or it doesn't matter. Or your feelings don't matter. But there is a sense in which how you feel about what God is doing in your life doesn't determine whether it's good or not. Right. Because God is always good to his well, children. That's what I mean, like if you feel like something's being withheld, that's what it is. It's it's just a feeling mm-hmm. um, because there is nowhere where God in his word outlines this favor upon married people but not single people not single people right this like right like there are benefits to both correct and he has said most of you right will be married and so it's not there isn't being single isn't the moment where you like put your head down and get through it right like it's an opportunity to be obedient just like you'll have when you're married (laughs) right um there there's nothing being held Mm -hmm. being withheld Mm -hmm. obedience the opportunity to be obedient is being given yeah the opportunity to glorify god is being given to you whether you're married or single it's like do we really believe that god gives his children good (laughs) gifts if we're constantly assessing our situation and saying this is bad this is not good this is not what i wanted um you can be honest and say this is not what I wanted, mm-hmm. but still choose to be content in right. that. Um, and so I think w- what we're kind of seeing with like the spiritual friendship movement and this like celebration of celibacy is really Roman Catholic in its roots because the Catholics um, decided that it was more pious and better to be mm-hmm. single, to pledge to a life of celibacy yeah. and they require their priests to be celibate. And we see what that's happening. We see what that has caused the incredible pain and, and turmoil of forcing people to live um, celibate lives mm-hmm. um, when they're not designed, when they're not designed to be. Yeah. Um, I'm not even, I don't want to touch that topic too much, but we see the fruit of the lie that there's something more pious about being celibate. There's something more right. pious about being single. That's not that's not what scripture tells us. Um, and that was one of the great things that happened in the Reformation was there was this very low view um, in the Roman Catholic Church, which basically controlled all things at mm-hmm. the time oh, yeah. um, of marriage and, and wives were loathed and despised and hated and um and women were actually like they were encouraged to become nuns right and because it was going to be a better life than being a miserable lowly wife and they had a very negative view of marriage so then you see that the reformation come along and kind of take back a biblical view of marriage which said that it was a good and right thing and that it was a high calling um and that it's actually not more pious or more christian or more spiritual to be 
uh, single and celibate. And so scripture has been abused in that way. Um, I mean, <laughs> scripture can be abused any way you want to abuse it. But um, the point is, is that uh, God is sovereign. Marriage is normative. Uh, the Westminster Larger Catechism in question 139 goes so far as to say that the undue delay of marriage is a sin forbidden in the seventh commandment. And the seventh commandment, in case you don't know, is uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Um, so there's a lot of things that go <laughs> into that. Mm -hmm. um, but the point is, is that um, if you are single or you are and you desire to get married um then pursue it don't feel more pious because right. you're not um don't be angry at the lord's timing um don't believe the lie that uh those who are celibate or called to a life of singleness are more pious than you um i just think in a time when we have really lost what the purpose of marriage is, where we have this very modern view of marriage as this kind of add on to your life. You, you know, you grow up, you go to college, you pay off your debt, you buy a house, you get your career, then maybe you get married. Mm -hmm. um, you have to understand that this is a view of marriage that like none of history has ever had. It's right. very strange. It's right. very odd. It's not normal. I think part of it too is that it's well, because also, I just want to say that historically speaking, so, and this is to kind of discourage you from thinking that what we're saying is just get out there and find someone and marry them. You know, <laughs> historically, no one has ever been approached oppressively by a man who doesn't know her at all, or there's not been any previous talk or conversation or or decision making right your and your parents has decided your marriage for much of history yeah and i mean that's because we've lost our marriage used to be a, a generational thing mm -hmm. it was in view of the fact right that there are generations coming and mm -hmm. there are generations before you like right. your marriage marriage has never in the history of the world been completely untied from the rest of your family there was this understanding that this person you're marrying like their family becomes your family right. and these families are now going to raise these children right. who are going to marry and bring others into yeah. the family and there was this this generational understanding the importance of that and it reminds me of i mean why do we have all these genealogies in scripture because there's a there's a covenantal generational view of humanity right. that marriage is the bedrock of right that we've completely lost any tie to these days we don't even that we think this is so archaic but it's like listen you go out and marry someone and you don't consider the family you're marrying into like you're gonna be in a world of shock <laughs> yeah and hurt and pain um and there's there's reasons for that like there's there's good and godly reasons i mean when you think about like if you look at the old testament laws surrounding like adultery and the punishments for adultery and how serious it was you see that there is a generational covenantal view of marriage that is held in high esteem and i mm -hmm. think we need to recapture that like right. like like a lot yeah and the feminists like they have it wrong like marriage is not this like thing where you lose who you become and now you're like subservient like the way marriage was set up it's like this guy is standing up in front of god and country pledging all of his earthly belongings to you and if he <laughs> touches another woman he is going to lose everything he owns and he's gonna have to pay for you for the rest of his life and live in shame and mm -hmm. it's like this is a covenant that is held in high esteem your position as a wife is held in high esteem in this person's family. And we just, we see it now as this very individual decision that we make that, you know, is for our own fulfillment and what's gonna make us the happiest. And it's totally untethered from anything generational, covenantal, it's gonna impact people for hundreds of years. Right. I mean, my grandparents' marriage is still affecting our family today because it happened. Because yeah. now we're here. right? because we are where we are geographically and, right. and all of these other things. And so it's just like, 
we have to stop approaching marriage as this add on to our lives, as this thing that we might figure out. Um, if you know that you want to pursue marriage and you, you should just be obedient to that as what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And we need to drop all this nonsense about like, I need to get myself into a good singles ministry. You know what? If you're single and you want to get married, go hang out with some married people. Yeah. Because then you're going to learn. You're going to learn what marriage looks like. You're going to be able to be discipled by people who have experience and, and they can show you what a godly father and husband looks like. And, and you know, it's like, why do we segregate ourselves? It's so we can satisfy our own perceived needs essentially. Right. And now I've been talking forever. Sorry. (laughs) That's it. No, it's okay. I think that, um, I just think, I mean, I obviously agree. Perception on marriage is wrong. Um, and we just, I don't know. I just, I guess I, I probably mean this as an encouragement and (laughs) I hope that you draw the principle that I'm trying to like get across. Mm Mm-hmm. It, at my brattiest single moments, in my defense, what was under that was pain and loneliness. Not in my defense, I was in Christ and I was not alone. I had a great body of people around me. I was physically not alone. I didn't have to be. Right. Right. And so. I don't know the specific principle that I'm trying to say right now. I can't put it into words right now. Well, I mean, this is just another open door for us to plug the same thing we always plug, that we're always going to plug, that we're always going to encourage you to, which is get committed to a body of believers because the benefits are myriad. Right. And I don't like we're all we're all cynics and we've all read all the articles and we all especially in the reform camp like we all know what we're looking for in marriage. Yeah, that was me for such a long time. Like I know I knew I knew I knew I knew. But that doesn't mean I that didn't eclipse my sin somehow. Right. I know that God's always there. I know that I'm not alone. Right. But that doesn't the knowledge of that doesn't keep you from telling yourself that lie. That's right. It just means you have to be more creative about how you tell yourself that lie and you will. That's right. You'll do it. So don't think that just because you've read the articles and uh, you know all the things like it doesn't. Right. There is there is an application. Right. Which is which is that we are supposed to be obedient. That's right. There's not like a qualifier there. Nope. That says, oh, well, unless I'm doing something the way that you don't like. Right. God, he said, he says, be purified by obedience. That's right. Do it. That's right. It's not like. Just do it. But if you're really lonely, (laughs) you can kind of get away with it. (laughs) I'll cease to be God. Right. If you, one person on the planet, a tiny, finite person. Right. I don't know. It just, it, I think that we've mistaken the gifts of marriage mm-hmm. as though they're like, they're solely for us. Mm-hmm. Like the gifts of God gives us the gifts of marriage because they glorify him and they bless us mm-hmm. and we've taken him out of it. Right. They were like, this is just a thing that right. some people do and some people don't. I mean, marriage is ultimately to picture Christ <laughs> in the church. We know that that's right. what marriage is for. And if you're pursuing marriage so that you can picture your best life now, like you're outside of God's will, maybe that's why you're not married. Maybe because you wouldn't be a blessing to your spouse that you so desire, you know? Um, so anyway, and then you have, and I just want to say too, like I can think of so many single people and people, um, whose kids have grown up and, and moved out who have been just such a blessing to me personally mm-hmm. um, and to the church. Um, and it's like, that's not a small thing. Like that's not, that's not a small thing. Don't think of that as, oh, well, I guess because I have nothing else to do. Like right. I can think of single, single women who have just blessed me beyond measure mm-hmm. um, 
because they didn't have the distraction right and they can serve in ways and i can say as a mom of four littles that what i have to deal with is like i don't get to be jealous because right. they get to serve in these other ways that i just can't right now yeah um I can look forward to being able to serve in that way when I don't have a house full of littles. Right. But I, I've been given my task, it's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that's my first task. Like, that's what it is. Um, and so I guess I just want to encourage people who are single, who are striving to honor the Lord, that like the things you're doing, they're not smaller. They're right. not less. Like, keep doing them. Like, there's keep no like serving. minority victim thing here. Right. There isn't. There isn't. You've been given a gift. You've been given if you're a Christian, you've been given a gift of salvation and eternal life. You are gifted with sanctification constantly. You get to glorify God. That that is right. What it is. There's no like hierarchy. Mm-hmm. That's right. You are blessed. That's right. Regardless of where you're at. That's right. And we have to, I trust me. That's why I admitted to my brattiness. Mm-hmm. I know like I've made light of it or whatever, but you guys, mm-hmm. like I have been an unfaithful sinner. Like I have been, I can't, I can't even explain to you on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> what I've done and the sin and, and the, the anger towards God mm-hmm. when he had presented me with blessings Mm -hmm. like not not only not only did i look at him and say why are you withholding this thing from me i legitimately scoffed at a gift Mm -hmm. that i had been given Mm -hmm. or ignored a gift i had been given Mm -hmm. it's tough man i mean and i know we all we all have done it right and and you know what there's gonna come a point where you do it in marriage i've done it oh yeah like we and it's not like oh we all do it so it's okay it's like when we do it, we need to realize that we're doing it so that right. we can confess, repent, and, yeah. and be obedient. There, there, and there, yeah, there's no, there's not like, if you're married, you're not a victim of it. If you're single, you're not a victim of it. It's sin. That's right. That's right. If you're looking over the fence and you want what's over there, <laughs> it's sin. that's sin. It doesn't mean <laughs> yes. one of you is better than the other. It doesn't mean one of you has been told you're better than the other. Right. That's just sin. That's right. All right. Hopefully we didn't qualify that too much. <laughs> Hope you guys are so encouraged. Um, do you, so you want to keep the mics on? Then you have to go to patreon.com slash theologians, get early episodes and Patreon only videos. Um, what else do we need to tell them about? They can leave us a voicemail. Oh yeah. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And... Um, Be sure to like and share this episode if you think baby kittens are cute. And we will see you guys next week.